0: Hoi hoi, hello and welcome to the Meet Maastricht podcast. I'm Katrina and together with our resident local Lucy, we will be exploring some of the amazing stories that make Maastricht so special. So sit back, relax and join us as we learn about our favourite Dutch city. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of the Meat Mastering Podcast. I have to keep track of all the numbers now. We're getting so high. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm with Lucy, as always. What are we going to be talking about this week? Well, I, I thought I'd, I'd do another
1: little uh, loop through the educational field. <laughs> uh, again, we we have been talking about schools before. A little, wh- when talking about the 19th century, new religious orders in the city, who yes. took it upon themselves to, uh, to educate the, the, the poor children especially. Of course, there had always been education available for the rich children, mm. but that was, that was uh, basically uh, primary education. And uh, what, what I want to talk about today is uh, a specific type of education, also generally not for the well-to-do, but for uh, the common people, the, the regular people, the <laughs> poor people, and exclusively for boys for for quite for quite a long time. When you look at the, I was I was reading up about this subject, and after a while, it really started to grip me. This, there's no women here, none, none, <laughs> yeah. none whatsoever. But but, uh, in the contemporary iteration of the school, uh, there are women. I have been looking at the website of the contemporary version of this particular school and uh, uh, there were girls uh, woodworking and uh, using drills (laughs) and uh, all kinds of power machines and and just talking about their profession. I thought, yes.
0: Lots of fun things to play with.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, ju- just just controlling a power drill is a bit of a job. So you know, <laughs> I, I have I have deep respect for that. But mm. uh, you know, that's the that's the 21st century, and we we are going to start in the. Well, I think I'll I'll start the in the pre-industrial era, really, to to sort of make clear where this school comes from. Okay. In the pre-industrial era, uh, society was ordered in such a way that. Uh, a lot of people were a lot more self-sufficient than we are these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at any rate, most of the everyday material needs were would be met by people in your own community. Yeah. Of course, there has always Inter- been international trade and exchange, but you know, for a lot of that would be luxury goods. But most of this stuff, you know, the uh, the food, the clothing, the utensils, the housing, uh, the machines, they would they would all be uh, made either by you yourself or one of your neighbours. And over time, and and of course, these these people who would would have this specific knowledge of of working in wood or working in metal or producing cloth or whatever, they have very very early on, they have started organizing themselves into guilds. Yes. And, you know, look around you in any medieval city and you can, there, there are plenty witnesses of the wealth. Of the guilds, so they were they were powerful uh, entities in any urban community, and they would, depending on how powerful the city became, meaning how rich the city became, they would also wield political influence as well. So yeah, that's the that's yeah. the Middle Ages and that's the early modern era, but with the advent of the industrial era, things stuff is becoming increasingly mass produced.
0: Yeah
1: and then time and money are of the essence you know in the in the earlier uh, types of production time was not so important but quality was yeah stuff had stuff had to be good yes and as a young person as a child basically you would start learning with a master and you'd have to do that for years on end and then at the end of that training period, you would you would be tested on your. And you would you would have to absolve the master test. So you would have to provide a sublime sublime example of your yeah. of your of your expertise and yeah. of your your capabilities.
0: I mean, it sounds very similar to, well, maybe not as probably as scary, but uh, apprenticeships and um, yeah, yeah the people still complete and what I know and people tend to be a little bit older now sometimes but I know my both of my grandparents well all of them probably left school at 15 to do that kind of thing work in a trade so it hasn't some things haven't changed as much as others <laughs> no, th- th- this is the, you are right. This
1: is this is very similar, but uh, the, the, the the quality of the workmanship in the in the pre-industrial yeah. area was pretty was pretty dazzling. Yeah. Also because the training periods were so much longer. Yeah. You know, and and uh, the generation you are talking about uh, at least has had extended primary education. You know, yes. they would they would they would only start getting into the trades when they when
0: they were adolescents, so you know, yeah. 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And I imagine some of but, them were quite a bit more specific as well, like very yeah. um, particular types of crafts.
1: So, but what what happens with the industrial revolution and mass production of all sorts of stuff? That 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 and in combination with the French Revolution, that effectively put an end to the guilds. Yeah. But it also must have resulted in an enormous loss of practical knowledge and capabilities yeah. in in uh, you know vast swathes of the of the population. And and it w- it was already early in the uh, first half of the nineteenth century that. Um, in Maastricht, there was talk of the need to uh, educate boys. I don't, all of this story is about boys. Yeah. Uh, uh, apart from the last part part of the of the tale, we are not getting into boys needing to be needing to be educated, needing to be trained in a particular trade to be useful members of society. Yeah. And uh, so there have been a few rather there have been a few decades in the 19th century of different actors jockeying for position and uh, that means of course uh, power and money in providing this type of education i mean the uh, the city of Maastricht had, its pri- had it as its primary motivation that it, it didn't have the money to, you know, be be extravagant about anything at all. Mm. The, the, the public city income was was too low for, you know, pretty much anything. So they they weren't going to be able to fund a school. Yeah. And there were in the field, so to speak, there were there were sort of competing factions. There was a a group of educator artists who were organizing um, evening classes mm. to teach young boys to draw and this is not to be understood as the artistic drawing although many of the teachers were actual artists yeah so there must have been the artistic knowledge and flair imbued in that education anyway but the point was to educate these people to become uh, the the, the draftsmen and the decorators in the ceramics industry. Ah, okay. Yeah, of course, the, the ceramics and the glass in the mm. 19th century were still extensively decorated, and a lot of it by hand. Yeah, And uh, people had to, had to be educated to do that.
0: Yeah, I remember we went to the, um, the Delft... Pottery factory in Delft, obviously, and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there was a man painting these really detailed designs. But that's what it makes me think of: the people who must have been so, <laughs> so patient and talented yeah. to be able to do those kinds of yeah. beautiful and very expensive. Designs as well.
1: Yeah, you can you can see uh, pictures of this uh, uh, hand painting on ceramics going on in the in the Sphinx Passage in in Maastricht as well, uh, yes. where the where the history of the Sphinx factories is uh, is shown. Yeah. and then you see that a lot of a lot of that painting is being done by uh, by women and girls. Ah, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, so I am I am not sure where where they got their training. Must, <laughs> it must have been in the factory itself because this 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 early history of the trade school doesn't mention it at all Mm -hmm. but anyway so there was this there was this group of of you know primarily uh, draftsmanship drawing decorative arts and it it took a while before that took on more the character of an actual academy of the arts but eventually in the 20th century that is what it evolved into And of course also because the factories um, disappeared and didn't need this type of craftsmanship anymore. That still left all the other trades and crafts uh, to be uh, provided for and um, well like after a lot of uh, shifting about and fights over money and ho 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 Mm -hmm. in uh, 19 and 11, they finally had uh, all their stuff together. Also because by now, the national legislature was uh, obliging all parts of the country to, to provide in particular types of education. So yeah. there had to be school for the, schools for the trades. So in 1911, the Ambacht School, the trade school, was built in Maastricht. It's at the foot of the Wilhelmina Bridge in uh, Wieck. Okay. And, and the Euroscope movie theater has been built around it in the, in the 1990s. Oh, okay. it's, a, it's a nice uh, brick building mm. designed by an uh, architect from Holland who copied the Holland Renaissance style with the bricks and with the, the gables that look like um, a stair. They, they they are pointed but but as if there is a stairway going up anyway. Oh. Please include some pictures as usual, Katrina, so people <laughs> will understand what I'm
0: My architectural vocabulary is not good enough to help you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I thought I'd I thought I'd looked up all the relevant terms, but yeah.
0: Anyway, <laughs> it
1: is a very very Holland style by a Holland architect yeah. uh, in, in in Maastricht, which is not Holland at all, and you know, and it's anyway. <laughs> So it's, it, it sticks out a bit. But still, you know, we people just accommodated themselves to that. But uh, the architect also became the first director of the school. And he couldn't accommodate himself to his new surroundings. So he's only been here for you know about as long as it took to build a school. And then he went back to Holland uh-huh. with his family. Okay. And the, the, the main feature of the history of the school in the building that used to be twice as big before they demolished half of it... To build the the movie theater, the main theme has been consistently that it was too small. Okay. So uh, it, they they started with with 42 students in 1911. and uh, it was already seven years later that they had to extend it and you know and of course there is an end to the amount of extensions you can do and there's also an end to the amount of boys and young men you can cram into one building (laughs) but you know it must it must have been pretty terrible and and pretty ridiculous and unsafe and loud and you know
0: yeah it's also very central sort of in the the area that it's in so I imagine it, you wouldn't be able to expand it too far because it's right sort of in the city. There would have been other mm-hmm. things happening and building around it. So, yeah you run out of space pretty quickly
1: yeah and 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 it also always was a was a matter of funding I mean yeah. there, uh, there was there was some funding from from the government but the school also had to run on the school fees the parents had to. but uh, parents uh, who didn't have a high enough income didn't have to pay a school fee and of course because of the nature of the school quite a few of the students would be from poor families and yeah. in the beginning they had quite a bit of trouble also getting parents. To actually educate their boys, because a boy in school was a boy not working for a salary. Yeah. So that that, that was a bit of a thing. And of course, you can imagine that, you know, it must have, must have been difficult. But yeah. um, anyway, they have uh, they have never they have never suffered from a uh, from a lack of students. <laughs> well, and it took it took them a while also to 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 figure out how how exactly the the the, the education was going to be provided. I mean. Would they have the kids uh, working in, in in for for a boss during the day and come to school in the evening, or yeah. would they alternate it, or would they have the children in school all day? And you know, discussions like that, and to an extent, that has never stopped really. I mean, what they settled on is uh, every, everybody between 12 and 15 just comes to school every day all day, yeah. and then after that they can go and have apprenticeships.
0: Yeah. You know, here and
1: there and everywhere, and you, you know, ease themselves into a into a professional life like that. These discussions continue up to the present day. How to how to organize this? Yeah. Because you know, of course, there's there's lots of people who who are perfectly uh, capable in, in all kinds of practical ways that you really uh, only bore to tears and, and and demotivate completely by an excess of books. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, there is all kinds of theoretical knowledge necessary to to adequately do your practical work. And and of course, in a in a contemporary setting, there's there's also lots of stuff like like uh, you know health and safety rules and uh, how to how to take care of your finances when you're self-employed. You know all the rules and regulations pertaining to everything else having to do with a, with your particular profession. Yeah. you have to keep up on the technical developments and you have to know how to deal with you know the, the organization you're part of and the customers you have to deal with so you know there's no there's no getting away from from theoretical concepts as well no, yeah. but that's it, it it took professional education quite qu- well the story of the of the school in Maastricht at any rate it, 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 it took a while for, for that to to sink in. Because for the longest time, or for the longest time, for several decades, <laughs> all the teachers were not teachers uh, so much as expert, experts in their trade.
0: Right.
1: So uh, uh, a very good uh, smith or metal worker would be teaching the boys how to, you know, work the metal. Yes. But at a certain point, they, they included, uh, I think, Dutch as a as a subject there there had to be something on you know the national language and then a qualified teacher came into the school and yeah. he was he was looked at as uh, yeah, this was this was funny and this was nonsense and this was superfluous. And why do we have to do this? Yeah. Um, but but this man has succeeded in over the years convincing his colleagues and and redirecting the course of the school in such a way that didactics became an important part of what they were doing as well. So not so much. Well, of course, still uh, this this is this is how you work metal. This is how you work wood but also paying attention to the way you uh, present... The facts and the knowledge and the and the capabilities in such a way that it can be absorbed by an adolescent mm. mind, yeah. so the pedag- the pedagogy of it all and then yeah. and then added onto that as well was also and this must have been to a large extent the uh, the influence of the Roman Catholic Church, which of course is inescapable here even even if it was it has always been a public school, but you know of course that is only a name when when a city is so characterized by its by its Roman Catholic culture yeah. there was also this influence not not pressure so much but influence to to also shape the moral character of the boys okay of course quite a few of them would be from very poor uh, backgrounds and then poor in every way yeah you know alcohol addiction and, and poor food and no language capabilities no no manners yeah ba- ba- basic civility and and the school the school did did its very best to provide that as well to mm. to contribute to these these uh, boys not only becoming uh, useful members of society but also contribute to civilizing them according to the um, well the the ideas at the time of course we we would now think that's not what you're supposed to do at the same time of course a school is a civilizing institution yeah. there's 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 not r- really any way around that even if you don't intend to it's a it's a microcosm of society. People will be taught. It is, yeah. you know.
0: Well, even just, you know, having to cooperate with other people and having exactly. to, if if there's a sit-down kind of lesson where you have to sit down and listen to someone and you might mm-hmm. not enjoy what they're talking about, <laughs> it's learning to, yeah, interact with other people. Do they do yeah. things like uh like mathematics? and Yeah, yeah, that, of course. Because I, yeah. I can imagine that being one of the important, outside of the actual practical skills, yeah. that that would be something that would be, you know, if, you, if you're if you a business person, which most tradespeople have to be um, uh-huh. in their own way, uh, you have to be able to do basic maths and yeah. be able to write, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and uh, aside from that, quite, quite a bit of construction work uh, demands that you have a grasp of these
0: yeah, yeah. concepts geometry and <laughs> yes yeah i know my like i said my nan is a dressmaker and her geometry is far better than mine because putting bits of thing things together yeah. and cutting things and manipulating materials is yeah. a lot of counting and Geometry yeah. and maths. So yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's but but of course that,
1: that would mostly be presented in 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 the form of okay, we we have this problem here with the window, and uh, here is here is uh, wood your material, and here are your tools. And uh, now how do you solve it? And I yeah. mean now now on YouTube you could you can find endless amounts of 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 lovely <laughs> lovely videos of of people who are capable of manipulating material in a way that is just absolutely breathtaking, but yeah. it's you know, it is all of this work Requires all kinds of types of intelligence uh, working together to to produce something yeah, so um, the school had had this uh, good educator as a as a as a director for for a long time and mm. uh, I think that that must have that must have informed the 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 entire curriculum, but but in a not not in a how, how would you say that in a very in a very subtle sort of way. For for instance, it would be customary for tradespeople to wear to wear uh, dark coveralls. So they they uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't really notice so much how, how filthy they got <laughs> and trade schools would generally be uh, everything would be painted dark or would be or would be dark wood, and this particular director put put an end to that. Yeah. No, uh, we we paint the school very light in light colours, so uh, all the dust and all the smudges and all the filth is clearly visible and needs to be done away with. Yeah. <laughs> and and also and also people were in light colored overalls to train them out of the habit of just wiping their filthy hands on their overalls which of course <laughs> is the most practical way of doing that but you know people were trained into using rags to yeah. to wipe their hands on and 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 clean their tools with and then, you know and and generally not make a mess of things mm. so it's, I thought, that, very I thought that was, there. yes, and very, but, but yeah, but this is, this is the sort of didactics I'm talking about. That's, yeah. you know, that's, you, so you you ge, generally civilizing influence, so that's, <laughs> uh, that's cute. And in the meantime, from decade to, to decade, the school would just continually have difficulties with enough space and and of course this also is is completely understandable when you realize the 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 enormous increase of of technical capabilities and of types of machines and of types of technologies especially after the second world war Mm. I mean of course they could start with things like uh, stone and wood uh, at the end of the 19th century, but by the middle of the 20th century, there was, of course, uh, uh, a vast, uh, vast terrain of new expertise on gas and electricity, yeah. and all sorts of engines, and uh, and of course there, those were those were very popular uh, specializations. <laughs> um, car repair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. New so, and exciting things to tackle. Yes. Yes, the exactly. so young minds. Yeah, yeah, and and you know all the all,
1: all the all the uh, the machines that became available. Of course, they they had to be designed, and they had to be built, and they mm. had to they had to be kept up. And uh, yeah, and uh, the, well, yeah, young people were quite interested in that. Yeah, and and of course the school would the school would provide uh, trips to uh, airports and uh, well technical facilities and show them how it was done. Mm. They did this uh, uh, later on in the existence of the school because there is this there is this story of an earlier period where they had been for months been educated about about steam technology and the design and the functioning of steam engines without ever seeing one, <laughs> and then when they when they fin- when they finally got into the into the uh, machine room of a of a ship. They were just absolutely elated to finally see an actual steam engine. <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's not very practical for practical education to do it like that. <laughs> obviously, yeah.
0: So, we said that they uh, always had students and that they were sort of getting crowded. Did they expand as well? Yeah, they they, they
1: um, there were extensions added to the uh, to the building in in, in week. And then they were starting to use other buildings in yeah. other places as well, and it was it was just overcrowded and unpractical and messy uh, mm. until uh, uh, the 1980s, really. Then new schools were built, and by that time they they had also um, the the same sort of sorting out of of fields and. So, specialties and, and levels that had taken place in the 19th century. This same sort of shifting process occurred in the 20th. And this crystallized into a, so, a sort of basic school for, for the people with the least capabilities,
0: okay.
1: who, who uh, uh, the authorities uh, still wanted to keep in school for a few years before mm. unleashing them on the world and uh, providing them with... with some capability of you know fending for themselves in the in the world of the grown up, but you know these these kids were not capable of learning a trade. Okay. There there is always a segment of society still you know al- always so now too to, to whom this applies. There there are people who are just not capable. Yeah. And. You know, and and they shouldn't. They should be. They should be assisted, and of course they should be educated uh, as far as their capabilities go. And there, and, the, and there was a there was a special branch of the school for that, and then there was the um, the craftsmanship uh, on the on the, the the more basic craftsmanship, and then uh, trades on a on a on a higher level requiring more intelligence um, and more capabilities in in all sorts of ways yeah then in the so so you had in Maastricht you had a, a, a range that comprised three levels of technical education mm-hmm. and then at, at at a few cities in the country there would be the uh, the higher technical schools
0: okay so did people from Maastricht often so if they were that uh, level would they go elsewhere to learn yeah yeah and then yeah did a lot of people come back and implement those things because I no. assume no what kind no. what kinds of things were like the high tier of the higher technical school the high tiers, that doesn't exist
1: anymore I'm not really sure but you know <laughs> that the people who would go there would have would have done a theoretical uh, secondary school they would not have been in trade school generally okay. speaking
0: right. they
1: would have they would have done a uh, athenaeum or gymnasium in the in the dutch system so those are secondary schools which take 6 years which give you at least for the first few years the full range of the humanities and the sciences Okay. And then these the, the kids who would be so inclined would be would be choosing uh, to concentrate on the sciences and then if they graduate after 6 years they could go on to the higher technical school. So this is a completely different crowd from those yeah. in the from those in the trade schools and people going to the higher technical school they'd come out engineers. Yeah, okay so uh, engineers in, in 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 water works which of course we need a lot of in this country <laughs> yeah and, and and engineers in all sorts of technical fields yeah and then, okay. and then and then there's one more there's the technical university ah okay and for that also you need you need a very deep uh Graduates to be a, a very young graduate, a mm-hmm. voorbereidend wetenschappelijk, so pre-academic, yeah. and that is and that is the six years of either Athenaeum or Gymnasium. But again, totally different crowd, totally different field. I mean, these yeah. are the scientists.
0: Yeah, and so that's not how it currently works, or is that how no, it sort of? No, no, I am, I
1: am, I am describing the current system. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, I am describing the current system. There are, there are still. All the trades, uh, and that's all of them—not not just the wood and the metal, electricity, and, and and cars, but also all the all the service and hospitality and yeah. care
0: professions. Yes.
1: And and also uh, uh, hairdressers and okay, what's that yeah. called the uh, nail technicians yeah like I don't know
0: what yeah, that, yeah. Uh, cosmetology type <laughs> yeah <laughs> hair makeup yeah. nails waxing yes. that kind of thing <laughs> yes all of that all all those all those trades okay. are now in in what
1: we call VMBO the 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 voorbereidend
0: middelbaar
1: beroepsonderwijs, so okay. so the uh, the preparatory stages of of, of uh, trades, but they you know they give you a diploma, you yeah. will be a, a, you you will not leave that school without qualifications, and to get the qualifications you also have to train with an employer.
0: Yes, okay, so and what what age is that from then those trade schools? All of the secondary education in yeah. the Netherlands starts at twelve. Okay, it's it's very interesting because it's very different from uh, yeah. where I come from, which is primary school until eleven or twelve, and then high school from twelve to eighteen. But we uh-huh. also do have, um, it might have changed a bit now, but we have TAFE in at least in New South Wales, because uh, Australia is different in the different states. Which uh-huh. TAFE and that is far more like what you are describing, where you have um. The different trades, and you, pr- I think you probably have to do work experience or some kind of internship mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. But and some people do do that alongside school, but a lot of people yeah. will do that after school, after yeah. you high school. So yeah. it's re- it's interesting to me that that is sort of incorporated into those uh, teenage years of of learning. So you get a bit yeah. of a head start on people <laughs> in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, and there's
1: there's levels of that in the Netherlands as well. So there is there is the variety where you will be primarily uh, working uh, for a boss and learning on the job, yeah. and you will only go to school for one day a week. And there's the variety where you will be at school more, yes, and okay. and working with a boss less. And that 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 gives you that gives you a higher level qualification. Okay. So it's so it's um. Yeah, there's, there's something for everybody, and of course when the when the the, the social determination was even stronger than it is today, so uh, the Dutch expression "if you are born to be a ten cent piece, you are never going to be a twenty five cent piece" <laughs> was still absolutely uh, valid. Of course it would happen that kids from, from uh, a poor family, from a, from a working worker's family, a laborer's background, would, would go into the lower technical school, the LTS, and then prove so capable that they could go on to the MTS, the uh, middle-level technical school, and okay. be uh, smart enough to go on to the HTS, the higher technical school. Yeah. So you did not it it is it is not necessarily so that you need to graduate from from the 6 year secondary schools Autonem and Gymnasium to go to the HTS. You can take the long route too. Of course that still happens. Uh, yeah. Except now except now that is that is often um a different demographic. It it uh, this, this sort of learning route seems to be taken more by people from uh, a different uh, racial backgrounds these days so so children uh, children from migrant communities which you know by now you shouldn't really consider migrants anymore because they've been here for three generations so please you <laughs> yeah. know let let's stop that nonsense okay. It is. It is still the case that they uh, that they will be uh, rated as of uh, in some cases as of lower capability than their than mm-hmm. their uh, white counterparts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. But it's you know this this uh, educational barrier for migrant communities is uh, getting lower and lower and lower mm. for, for for these people every year. So it's. You know, it's, it's, it's just a matter of time when when yeah. there's, you know, four generations, five generations and, you know, it, it'll be gone.
0: Yeah, I know there's a lot of uh, increasing accommodations for people who might speak a different language at home and then speak English with their friends and who are like bilingual, especially in Australia where most people, well, a large number of people uh, are just speak English. Um, yeah. I know there's sort of, and you might, they might think that their English is interesting or not quite up to the right level, but they don't realize that this five-year-old child speaks several languages at home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So I think, but- I think that people are increasingly aware of that. The uh, one thing I was wondering is when were uh, girls introduced into the uh, school we're talking about? I have been searching for that. I haven't
1: been able to find it. <laughs>
0: They snuck and, and, in over time.
1: <laughs> yeah, they snuck in over time. So that that is what I that is what I was saying. The the the, uh, the contemporary uh, video clips of the of yeah. the, the schools that came out of the Ambacht school. Uh, and there and there's several of them. In all of the clips there are girls. Uh, so but the, the Ambacht school, the building that we were talking about in Week that was deserted in the middle of the 1980s, and I have I have seen no mention of girl students being admitted before that time. Okay. I mean, the, the the story of the building uh, after it was left becomes very very dreary uh, because it was um, all the all the uh, amenities were disconnected, so there was no electricity and no gas and no mm-hmm. water, and it was boarded up but in the 1980s uh Maastricht still had a big problem with uh, junkies with uh, people okay. addicted to heroin and they were uh, they were sleeping rough and they were begging in the streets and they were leaving their uh their hypodermic needles everywhere and um it was it was a real problem and of course they would always be on the lookout for places to to stay uh you know, have their hustles, and so they they broke into the into this boarded-up school and sort of, yeah, practically demolished it. About the, the the fire department would have to go there about once a week to put out uh, a fire because yeah, there was nothing there, so they would be breaking yeah. out the, the the closets and the floorboards and and to light a fire, and then yes. of course the the building would catch on flames. And so it was, yeah. It, it the the whole school became the whole building became became just uh, a spot that the that the people of the town dreaded and tried to avoid and yeah. the authorities tried tried to clean up. And I have found no information about what they actually did with the junks, the junkies when they yeah. when when they finally decided on uh, building uh, the large movie theater uh, incorporating the old school but uh, that is what eventually happened these uh, these uh, illegal occupants were moved out okay but parts of the building were demolished and the, uh, the movie theater was constructed so then we then we had uh, a series of uh, five beautiful uh, movie theaters there together mm-hmm. and uh, that's that closed in uh, last year
0: Oh really Wow. yeah.
1: Yeah. So now, so now, <laughs> there's this, there's this empty building sitting there again. And, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, wow. Well, okay.
1: And there's, I, I don't think the, the the junkies of today will still try to occupy it. That's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Also, in in what used to be the old uh, Ambachtschool, school, so in the in the in the brick building. Mm-hmm. Um, there is um, it. It is also being used uh, by the by the neighbourhood as their as their uh, uh, town hall. Okay. So me- nice. meeting space and uh, practice space and uh, yeah, community space. That's yeah. that's basically what it is. And the the old building also houses a collection of um, yeah. In Dutch we have the marvelous word for that. Bedrijfsverzamelgebouw. It means it means. <laughs> A collection of little companies building—that's what it means literally. Oh, okay. So it is—it is a—it is, is a building that houses not one company but a lot of little ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they can—they can share facilities, and yeah. you know, and, and very uh, practical.
0: Very yes, handy. <laughs> a,
1: yes, yes, and uh, si- since the Netherlands has this enormous amount of 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 self-employed people, uh, barely surviving. Um, uh, this sort of thing is uh good to have
0: very interesting uh did you yeah. have anything else you wanted to add about the
1: school no i think i think that'll do we th- i am i am sure you'll you'll find lots of lots of lovely pictures again of uh, <laughs> all these all these boys drawn up in their uh, in their overalls <laughs> or in their uh, beautiful suits when they would have their how would you call that? They would they would go to a to a a, a large uh, Franciscan convent as well to have their. It's oh. uh, it's it's not it's not a vacation and it is not actually studying but it's uh, you know it's a break from school and home life. I
0: don't know what you'd call that. We used to go to camp. <laughs> like school camp but a bit fancy yeah,
1: yeah but th- yeah this looks much too sophisticated to be camp like they're, they're all wearing suits and ties
0: yeah, I well, we, I never wore a suit on school camp to be no,
1: fair. No, <laughs> contemporary kids don't either, but it's yeah, yeah and it's and it's uh, and and they played sports together and it's and 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 this was this happened at at most of the Maastricht schools. It was the it was the same at the one I went to. So never mind never mind the level of the school. There would be sports and very competitive <laughs> sports and the and the um, the teachers would uh, would play against the students, and they uh, <laughs> and I'm, I I really I really loved when I saw what the what the teacher soccer team called itself. They <laughs> um, they thought they should uh, they sh- thought they should call themselves the uh, the KK team, and what <laughs> that what that stood for was uh, the Kinderkruijer. and that is that is a, a very succinct uh, dialect designation of uh, people who will pester children <laughs> 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 which is of course what they did yes um, i have not i have not talked about the war because of course that was as for everybody and everything else that was a that was a difficult period yeah uh, school school was uh, not on for, for quite a while and, and especially not mm-hmm. at the at the end of the war when all the repatriating of people was going on. So so people were people were coming back from the concentration camps and needed to be tended to, de loused and, and you know, yeah, nursed back to health. And the school was used for that and um but before that happened, the the German spent the German occupation forces spent the last few weeks of the occupation of Maastricht in the building and and pretty much uh, took everything they could carry. Wow. And then after the liberation, the Americans were there and used it as a sort of headquarters. And you know, so so when the school got the building back, um, they sort of had to. St- start by rebuilding the building as you can well imagine yeah but of course that 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 happened to a lot of buildings in the city
0: well if you're a listener out there somewhere who uh has been to the school there might be someone who's been who uh, went to the school it'd be really interesting to hear some first-hand experiences uh since it's been around for so long yeah Uh, there's got to be someone.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it it has been it has been uh, this particular building has been used as a school until the uh, the middle of the 1980s. So, so there yeah. should be people in their in their
0: uh, 50s, 60s, 70s who have gone to school there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we won't ask how old you are, though. We promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are we going to talk about next week? Have we picked a topic?
1: Yes, I, did. I have and it's because I'm a little intrigued by by why it is called this. It is it is number 76 in the range, so it's a fairly recent one. And it says it says the bank buildings on the market. Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not like a a proper name it's sort of. No, what what buildings what, on the
1: market? The bank buildings. Yeah. No, what this what this is is the is the uh let me think here the West Wall of the of the market square, so it's the it's the row of rather magnificent mansions facing the front of City Hall. Ah, and okay. And they're, and they're, they're huge, and they have enormous um, attics. So yeah. roofs that roofs that rise up almost as high at the height of the building as the rest yeah. of the building, and it's and I and I suppose the booklet has been called the bank buildings because so many of these magnificent houses which were not built for banks have been used by banks (laughs) and and still are
0: to some to some extent so Ah, something different again yeah (laughs) we look forward to learning about the mansions good Thank you so much for listening to the Meet Maastricht podcast. To keep up to date with all our content and events, make sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at at @meetmastricht and on Facebook at Come comemeatmaastricht. If you love our podcast and would like to see some amazing archival images as you listen, don't forget to subscribe to the Meet Maastricht YouTube channel. If you love what we do and would like to support the Meet Maastricht team, you can also donate through PayPal via our website, meetmaastricht.eu. Meet Maastricht is definitely a labour of love and all of the revenue we make through our tours and events currently goes towards administration costs. With your help, we would love to be able to give back a little something to the team so we can all keep bringing you our favourite stories and showing you our favourite places in Maastricht. Thanks again and tune in next time to learn more about our beautiful city.